0: All young bitches want to do is pop pills, smoke weed, get drunk, lay around, suck dick, eat hot Cheetos, charge they phone, get a sew and weave, twerk, be bisexual, eat McDonald's, wash they pussy in the sink, lie, take selfies, and talk shit through Wi-Fi because they phone never on. 48 minutes
1: of dogs barking, 48 minutes dog barking 48 minutes after dog barking 48 minutes after dog barking woof 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 woof
2: 48 minutes dog <pox> barking <ibis> 48
0: Americans are just so alienated from each other and like any like real understanding of their material conditions. Yeah. That like I work with people who are still harping about the fucking Bud Light. <coughs> and there one guy we were talking about drinking, you know, cooler beers and all that. Yeah. And I'm like, hi, kid. He's like, Well, I ain't sure Shit, drinking A B no more. Oh, and I'm like yeah, you drink Bud Light? I mean, that's I was I strapped just like that's already kind of, mm, which is a joke <laughs> I've made on here before. I'm like, yeah. I'm already look, I'm like that's already kind of sus, bro. And yeah, he's yeah. Like, well, I drink Bud Heavy, and I'm like, uh, okay, okay. He's like, honestly, man, I can't think of the last time I uh I bought an AB product, and I I have no problem with trans people, so um, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, like,
2: and uh, because I don't buy AB products because they suck shit. Yeah, I think the only let's see the only bud product that i've bought in the past year or so i was trying to go seltzers only so yeah. i got some of the seltzers those are okay i got some of the the margarita fake things. oh those limeritas are dangerous man oh yeah they'll get you going oh yeah and then platinum the bud platinum which is it's a six percent budweiser God, it's yeah. actually like well i used to
0: work on wash avenue i was actually just telling someone the story funny enough uh, the other day, we used to work on Wash Avenue, which for folks who aren't from St. Louis is uh, a part of town that's kind of an entertainment district. It's now kind of known for just like people going stupid. and Oh, yeah. But like 10 years ago, it's like where people, you know, all of like, you imagine they were like the Carrie Bradshaws of St. Louis, like had their yes, big fancy yes, yes, lofts yes, yes. and stuff. The most like metropolitan, probably part of St. Louis. Yes, um, yes. That sort of lifestyle. Anyways, I used to work on Wash Avenue and I remember like opening up one day and it was like a Sunday morning. And there was a dented, a dented aluminum Bud Light like platinum can or <laughs> bottle yeah, on the, the ground. Bottles, the yeah, aluminum bottles. A fucking thick aluminum, and like right next to it was like a weave that was obviously torn out of some woman's head. <laughs> 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 I'm like, I'm like, that's environmental storytelling. Yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, towards AB guy, I was like for a while, like coming home from Blockbuster when I was much much younger. There was a gas station, a BP that had Bud Dry in the fours. Yeah, the two by fours. Yeah, and I was like, man. Yeah,
2: that was that was the way to go for a minute. Oh, for sure. I mean, Bud Dry and Bud Ice. Wasn't yeah, that the other one. And oh man, yeah. and Those were the ones. Was yeah.
0: like I mean, there used to be like you know going to house parties and shit back sure. in the day. It was like always like who could bring the shittiest fucking beer. The only person who could beat like the Bud Ice mm-hmm. was like the someone that found like Olympia or like Hams.
2: Well, see, I like those. Uh, the one that I really. Oh, I'm just having a bad flashback thinking about it. The one that I really grossed people out with was Beer 30. <laughs> oh, is that uh, Trader Joe's beer or something? No. This one was, there was a discount store called Dirt Cheap, and Dirt Cheap yes. carried it. It was a beer so bad that it had, like, sediment in the can, but not in the good way that, like, craft brew guys do. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it was
0: just I, bad. I remember having Beer 30 <laughs> once or twice. It was pretty bad when I was in college, there was a couple of guys that were telling me about this beer called Baja. Mm-hmm. That was like the absolute uh, dirt fucking worst. And there was like this gas station, like Bell Fountain neighbors you had to go to to okay. get it. And I'm like, well, I mean, they're like, oh yeah. And someone brought it to like a, you know, like a bonfire. And it was just the fucking worst thing. I was like drinking like, you know, fucking turpentine window cleaners <laughs> shook together. And I'm like, oh, it wow. sounds terrible. And I remember like, I still have never seen it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, I feel like it's like fighting Cisco or something or or Wild right. Irish Rose. Or where like, you Stros, got, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you gotta be in a real rough part of your life to be like, ah, there it is. <laughs> like well, I'm at my lowest low when I've like spent my last fifty <laughs> bucks on scratchers tickets and and like it'll be then I turn around and they will be there the six
2: pack of Baja. Baja, yeah. Or you know, I always like Mickeys actually. God damn, I, I don't know. It's just something about it. That, it's just you know, when you, you saw Ice House Oh, Ice House, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ice House is a uh,
0: no-priors kind of shithead beer. <laughs> Creasing the jeans shithead beer, for sure.
2: Hey, uh, by the way, welcome to the show. It's 48 <laughs> Minutes of Dogs Barking. My name is Jason. This is Brian, alongside for the ride with me, the Beer Snob Podcast. The I Beer Snob Podcast, yes. I only
0: drink IPAs that <laughs> taste like a wet sock.
2: Oh, my wife loves this one. It's some porter out there, and I, I get it for her because, you know, I'm a loving husband and, and all that. Yeah, yeah. But also, like, I go, ugh. Okay, all right. You know, I, I get it. And I'm like, because eh. you see me every week. I'm It's Miller Lite. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I don't discriminate. Like, I like Stroh's. I like Olympia. I like bottom of the barrel stuff that other people would go, you know, would turn their nose up at. But I'm like, this fucking, it's, it's good. What are you talking about? I'm one of those guys who actually, like, likes the taste of PBR. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, so I don't know. I'm I don't weird. know. Like, there's there's been times <laughs> in my life where I've gone years without having like high life or PBR, and I'll like yeah, have yeah. one like a cookout or whatever, and I'll be like, oh, I can taste. All I can taste is the fucking corn syrup. Yeah, there is that. it's definitely in there. Yeah, I've been drinking non-alcoholic mostly lately. Yeah, and uh, like athletic Brewing athletic brewing. brewing brewing yeah fucking that <laughs> highway
2: 40 <laughs> there's two r's in brewing apparently brewing <laughs> gosh <laughs> athletic
0: brewing yeah. their stuff's pretty top-notch as far yeah. as like tasting like beer and not some weird herbal supplement that True. you like bought from like a uh, from jay's international or something yeah uh, this is supposed to make dick very big yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm, yes. Uh, it's got Big the, ropes. Yeah, big, the,
2: the, the picture of Ryu from Street Fighter fucking Chun-Li on the bottle, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Boulevard had, like, a IPA that's okay. uh, in a... It's okay, but it makes everything you eat while you're drinking it, like, taste like grass. Ooh. It's pretty fucking awful, but that's also my problem with, like, well-being, is it like, oh, this tastes like a weird herbal thing, this doesn't taste like beer, it's...
2: Inoffensive, but it's not what I'm looking for. I think part of it has to do with the canning because when I had it on draft, because like, you know every once in a while I'll go out, but I don't want to get you know get drunk or spend all that money. But so I'll have you know I'm like, oh, you guys have well being, great. I'll, I'll I'll take a well being. I got. it, I was like, okay, this is a pretty passable IPA. If I didn't know there wasn't booze in it, yeah. I'd be you know I'd be into it. Yeah, I can I can see that, especially if it's in a can. Like if yeah, you, yeah have problems there. Yeah, beer, man. Just love drinking because God, like raw dogging life ain't working. No. <laughs> Speaking of raw dogging life, that's about the best segue I'm gonna get. A cop in Encino was captured on video this week, fending off a swarm of bees. Brian, have you seen this? I've seen I've seen clips of it. Everyone's
0: very happy to share it on the <laughs> internet.
2: <laughs> According to uh, ABC 7, that's the uh, the local news station there. His residents were being warned to stay indoors after a bee swarm was reported in the afternoon. A Los Angeles Police Department volunteer officer—this <laughs> ain't <laughs> even his job. No, he's just like
0: he's just like some dude that owns like a car wash who got yeah, bored.
2: Yeah. He's, he's just out there and just play and pretend. He was trying to swat bees from his face as he walked down the street, and at one point, fell forward, <laughs> face down, on the asphalt. Um. Oh, it's so
0: good. You know, be even better if, if you saw, like, the bees come to a mass and, like, start pulling his gun out of the holster. <laughs> the bees were reaching for his service weapon.
2: <laughs> of course, the Internet being uh, as they are at, I want to say Scarlet Red, but it's S-X-A-R-L-E-T Red, uh, who's who goes by the name a Barbarism Critic, hashtag Stop Cop City, posted... The inevitable, which was of course, yakety sax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh god! Like his, I I forgot that his vehicle's like the the EV like BMW, which is even weirder choice. <laughs> his ass fell. Uh. The <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, not the bees! Right?
2: <laughs> it definitely did prompt more than a few memes about the uh, the end of the Wickerman, of course. Uh, seeing that sped up with uh, yakety sacks just... Oh, this just really made my day. It really... <laughs> Officer down! <laughs> uh, over the weekend, uh, the war in Ukraine, of course, continues. The Russians reporting, hey, you know, we shot down all these missiles, we shot down all these drones and whatever... And one of them was called Super Cam. Well, someone on the internet, being as they are, posted a remix of the image, but the name replaced <laughs> with Super Cum. <laughs> and so, like, we're jizzing over Ukraine, I guess. Bussing uh,
0: hot white robes of Freeum. <laughs>
2: Yes, exactly. This we're
0: uh right. this is this payload is seminal.
2: <laughs> Ooh, the genetic payload is ready the for the genetic
0: trial. payload. Oh god, we're we're uh trying to impreg Russia. Gotcha.
2: <laughs> oh, now we're going to see that map with the big distudia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> turning mistakes and <into> the miracles. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, the um... Well, you know we're avid gamers here on the show. Um, I just We get no pussy. No pussy. No pussy. No pussy. Dry as a desert over just here. Just completely dried. I, for one, am very excited about the new Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Everyone's been talking about it for the past week. I just actually went out and got myself a secondhand Switch so that I wouldn't have to share with my children. <laughs> <laughs> what a statement. Well, because well, look.
0: Look at you bragging that you've had sex at least once. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nice nice he's, to he's slip right, that yeah. in there.
2: But they're gamers, you know, my, my son's playing uh, Sonic Frontiers and my my daughter really loves Animal Crossing and, and all the Zelda stuff. So we're all very excited about, about Tears of the Kingdom. So I've been trying to avoid spoilers and such online, but I keep coming across shit like this. They made the shrines Goatsea. <laughs> 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 Which is if you see the image there, it does I uh, kind of have kind a passing. Like result. Goats, There's yeah. A, yeah. No ring though, and apparently the Koroks in, are back in the game from Breath of the Wild, and, and you can kind of you have to get them to their friends to get the Korok seeds, which give you various stats and whatever boring nerd shit. But people are doing increasingly absurd things to the Koroks that would amount to violations of the Geneva Convention, including creating a rotisserie. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's one where uh, they they created a a, a minecart with the. Korok as the front bumper. <laughs> where's, this, where's this going? <laughs> <laughs> One is go doing what he calls the Korok space program, where he's attaching the Korok to various rocket type things and launching them into the sky. <laughs> Which led me to ask the question I don't think anyone's done Korok 911 yet, but we're getting there. <laughs> there's also, there. There's also guys creating mechs. Yeah. That like walking. Uh, and they're like, "Oh, it's, we're really, at-
0: it's really interesting. Like people are crucifying the Koraks. this oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is real fucking Caesar's Legion shit."
2: Yes, absolutely. Here's the uh, Korak firing squad. <laughs> which is, <laughs> they set them all up and just lasered them. To <laughs> and here it is: the Korok crucifixions the begun. Being
0: drawn by a pony, amazing.
2: I'm very excited to get this game, if you can't tell. So,
0: <laughs> I, I'm very tempted to get a switch just for this.
2: People on like Craigslist and stuff are selling theirs for for relatively cheap.
0: I've heard some like the launch switches uh, run like a fucking old ass PC now and uh like the hardware doesn't age well over use that's the which, thing i've heard
2: yeah which can happen but i mean really if it stays docked and you just use it on your tv you should be fine like really yeah. it's handheld mode that has a lot of those problems because batteries and whatever yeah. but if you're not using battery if you're plugged into the power um because um, like this one here that we do we have uh, out here in the studio i mostly use it on the projector so it's a yeah. giant image that like maxes out at like 480.
0: <laughs> I feel I feel like Nintendo really dropped the ball by never re- releasing a Switch Pro or some sort of equivalent like the OLED. Yeah, was, the OLED's
2: one thing, but yeah.
0: Breath of the Wild ran kind of sketchy as is and that
2: game is many years old. Part of it too is that it was also released on the Wii U. Yeah. Which was slightly beefier hardware-wise, and so like I still have my Wii U for that reason because Breath of the Wild runs better on it. Yeah. But I can see that like Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom by extension, pretty big games and they've got a lot of open environments. They got a lot. So, I mean, that make, does make sense that like yeah, there might be some, you know, there might be some limitations.
0: I've seen some really interesting frame rates during <laughs> combat and all that. But like whatever, like slide shows isn't everything. But like, man, it'd be really cool if that could play like a smooth 30 frames per second.
2: Uh, well, there are ways to do that, but they are uh, quasi legal. So I will uh, tell you about them off mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Another thing that keeps cropping up on my fucking timeline this week is that North Korean defector lady Yen Mi Park. You familiar with this lady?
0: Uh, yeah, I am. I'm familiar. Uh, um, she talks about how like in North Korea, uh, there is only one Weezer record, and it's <laughs> the one with hash pipe. <laughs>
2: Exactly. Some of her propaganda stories were like Friend's mom was publicly executed for watching a film that was I think not it was Titanic. Yes. There is no word for love in North Korea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean just starving children eat rats, that kind of thing.
0: Not to promote another podcast. But after you finish listening yeah, to yeah. our
2: podcast and giving us a five star review on iTunes and all that. Please.
0: True and on the mm. recent episode on her and, and yes. they kind of explain like the weird Economy of like North Korean defectors, journalists will pay to have access to you. The way you keep getting money from journalists is you keep saying the wildest fucking shit. Yes, so that's how you get like Kim Jong Un executed his uncle by pushing him into a, a turbine. And <laughs> all that shit, <laughs> like a like, Jones. <laughs> yeah,
2: the, her appearance on Joe Rogan is what people are referring oh, to he, a lot these gotta, days. You
0: gotta like not say it in the accent. Yeah. You kind of, you kind of did your R's. Jo- you kind of did. Did your, I <laughs> you, a little bit? Oh. Jamie, playback. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> his, uh, his <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was okay. like what I was like, are, "Are you doing a bit? Or are you just no? Is no? That, is
2: that Miller? Is that Miller? Lie a little, little. <sighs> it must be a little it, rough it, tonight." <laughs> her appearance on Joe Rogan. There we go. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Jeez. <laughs> made its way around and with people of course dunking on uh, on her in various ways. Friend of the pod Juniper <laughs> posting this. In North Korea, they don't know what chickens are let alone hot ones. They only eat mud. If they were to eat a hot wing, their guts would reject it, killing them instantly. Kim Jong Un is going to introduce this as torture sean evans is this true (laughs) (laughs) so it is uh yunmi park appearing on hot ones Yes, amazing i just love uh, the idea just it's it's fertile mind territory because then they have other posters have been riffing on her appearing on other shows they just it's really yeah
0: (laughs) and like also she's had like a ton of plastic surgery done some people have made funnier observations about it but more like this woman's had like you know her fucking tits done has probably had like a bbl and you can see fat sculpting on the face you know imagine her just like walking back into the mud hut she came from and people would just be eating their mud pies losing their shit
2: (laughs) (laughs) i think it's part of the joe rogan experience is that you're sweating for some reason and so she just looks everything about her looks like plastic in this photo (laughs) from (laughs) looks very shiny weirdly so also
0: i mean that interview is a couple years old but um apparently one of the new trends in korean uh like makeup design or whatever you want to call it, is like using like some. It kind of looks like a glaze, but mm. it makes it look like you're crying. Lais Sadeau was wearing it huh. um, at Cannes recently. It's fucking wild.
2: You would know what Lais Sadeau is wearing at Cannes. Uh, yeah, sick I would. Freak. I, yeah, um,
0: <laughs> her and Florence Poe can uh, can
2: fight over who gets to make me carry their purse around in a dress. That's fair. I, you know what? I don't disagree. I'm seeing it in my mind's eye now. i got my eyes closed. I'm picturing it. And I'm like, yeah, that. you know what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's not wrong. Isabella Rosner is one of my favorite posts of this week. Quoting, I've come across a lot of good 17th and 18th century Quaker names over the past three and a half years as i worked on my thesis. She doesn't explain what her thesis is, but I'm assuming it has something to do with, I don't know, being Quaker. Now that my thesis is done and submission is dear... It's time to share the more than 90 wildest early Quaker names I've found. Among them, some of my favorites Gay Poop, (laughs) Hercules Cross.
0: That's actually pretty good.
2: Jesus Christ. Apparently, they really showed up. Love Beer. There's the (laughs) callback to the opening of the show. Uh, Marvelous Scanfield. Obedience Warming. Philatosia Owen. Plant fry, return towel, which is what I see at the hotel all the time. Sentence grimes for, I don't know, dating Elon. Uh, Let's see Mm -hmm. here. Uh, Temperance poor, thankful tune experience cuppage. (laughs) But enough about my weekend.
0: My grandfather had a brother named Crow.
2: Okay. First name Crow?
0: First name Crow. Can I, can I tell another story about my grandfather? Please. Apparently my grandfather grew up because he was like one of like eight or nine kids. And Crow, I think, was actually one of his last siblings to be like. He had a sister named Dottie who I went over to her house one time when I was a little boy with my grandfather. And we just sat on her plastic wrapped furniture watching oh, Don- Donahue. It was really fucking, it was surreal. Even then, like as like a seven-year-old, I'm like, this ain't, this ain't. <laughs> the same the same. the same But uh My grandfather apparently grew up in a part of (laughs) St. Louis called Bedbug Row. Oh, God. This is the kind of the era where, like, you had a two-story house, but the first story was so you could bring in the livestock at night. My cousin, apparently, before my grandfather passed, she basically interrogated him about a bunch of stuff. (laughs) So some of this is secondhand from what she told me. Okay. My grandfather apparently told her about how one day him and his sister Dolly were out, like, playing in the street. This real cherubic fat couple came up in a car, and the car was a fucking crazy ass thing. It was this couple with a big, thick German accent, and they were offering my grandfather's uh, parents money for the two kids. Jesus! Because you could just buy children back then. My grandfather apparently telling that story reminisces like, "Yeah, I wonder, uh, I wonder how my life would have been if those like German people bought me." <laughs> <laughs> like, like they had like a car. Like we were having them like live upstairs because the cows had to come in, right? And
2: I, don't we all wonder how much we were worth, you know? Yeah,
0: I, I also wonder what my life would like if someone else had bought
2: me. <laughs> my favorite name from the Quaker list has got to be Charity Nut. <laughs> Two Ts. Charity Nut. Charity Nut. That's yeah. It's like, yeah, you're not really feeling it, but you know. It's a charity nut. Yeah. You're like, oh, I'll throw you a charity nut. You know, it's like... <laughs> I'm not really into it, but you're clearly uh, enjoying yourself. So sure, I'll, we'll 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 make it a charity nut tonight. Yeah, <laughs> you're not putting me out. Yeah, <laughs> i can give you a little charity. Sure. Nut. Yeah, I can. You know, whatever. No skin off my teeth. It's fine. So that pretty much does it for the uh, what's been happening around the web. Stuff that caught my attention this week. So of course that means it's time for crypto scam of the week. You're listening to 48 minutes of dogs barking, the podcast.
1: And now it's time for the crypto scam of the week.
2: We got another two for Brian. I've heard. I know. It's it seems to be happening more and more. So the first one was a airdrop for something called Psyop Coin. <laughs> yeah
0: if you like search any cash tags right now for crypto stuff yeah like the top three or four most recent and like mm-hmm. the top things like it's all fucking psyop spam it was pepe a couple weeks ago now yeah. it's psyop i think this was all started by a guy who goes by bin.eth yes yes who seems to be full of fail and little of win
2: <laughs> oh clearly uh yeah he goes by eth underscore ben on twitter there he uh he allegedly uh posted a video of andrew tate well he retweeted andrew tate for some reason talking about ant-man i don't really understand that but was <laughs> <laughs> ant-man is my enemy water i don't know he's just a very water. odd guy so it's dollar sign because that's how you promote cryptos on twitter dollar sign psyop shout out from top g andrew tate taking the time to respond this isn't a shout out i have nothing to do with your trash project i don't know who you are and i do not endorse your scam Nobody buy this crap. So that thing about a broken watch being right twice a yeah. day. Well,
0: it's because uh, Andrew Tate like had his own crypto project. That's fucking true. It that was like, suck my dick or something. <laughs> I can't remember.
2: Psyop. Yeah, it says, uh, how I made 151K from the Psyop airdrop. Uh, it says, Psyop was born to persuade, change, and influence audiences. Our mission is simple, to capture hearts and minds through iconic visual storytelling and design. Here it is. Uh, welcome to PSYOP. And yes, you're right. It is a Ben.eth uh, production there. I launched this token from the success of Ben. Launching PSYOP is another opportunity to go for from $27 to $4 I am doing a favor, spelled the British way with a U, for the community. I am asked what to do next. They responded, an error. This is an incoming scam. Obviously, uh, this guy Yeah. <laughs> um all
0: of the crypto influencers that aren't complete fucking grifters, only halfway grifters, all while curb stop this guy. Yes, absolutely. I think I think when people that have, you know, fucking American psycho avatars and Pepe avatars are like I want to fucking shank this dude. <laughs> like, yes. you're fucking up, bro.
2: Well, not only that, but like psyop being a, a thing cuz like you actually heard Elon talking about something was a psyop this week and so of course they took that to mean oh elon likes our stuff and blah blah blah, blah, blah. and they're gonna you know go nuts about that any mention of it is gonna throw people it's unfortunate because there are many actual psyops happening on any given day yeah the world is a weird fucking place and yeah. <laughs> like. so our second thing i could smell this one was a scam a mile away i don't know why it took this long but Tessera, you know what this is? No. So Tessera, the idea was much like say you're buying a big stock on Robinhood, and you can buy a portion of a share.
0: Oh, is this like a partial NFT?
2: Yes. So it enables. Wow, this is an old scam. People were doing this like two years ago. It really is. So so yeah, Tessera, courtesy of CoinDesk, a protocol that enables collective ownership, big quotes, and governance of NFTs is winding down its operations co-founder tweeting after a lot of deliberation we have made the incredibly hard decision to wind down all of our operations over the next few weeks Uh, it was co-founded in 2021 they have a a curated digital fine art marketplace called of all things escher Hmm. because you know mc escher would love your shit like this is also shutting down um so long and short of it is that the guys behind it said, you know what, this isn't profitable, which I could have told you yeah. two years ago. The idea that you're going to own a portion of an NFT, what does that mean? Like, there's not even a, a, a real use case for it's, it.
0: It's an abstraction of abstraction.
2: Right, because you've already got the NFT itself, which is, a, which is a link to a JPEG. And then you've got, well, I own a tenth of a link to a JPEG. Yeah, I guess you could
0: do like a fucking DAO or something. it's one of those things, like, you could... It was one of things, yes, you could do it, but why?
2: Right. Well, and then, you know, it wasn't called Tesla before. It used to be called Fractional. Yeah. And then they got a big pump. They got, like, $20 million in funding. A couple of angel investors stepped in. Uh, Paradigm was the, the guys that, that gave them a bunch of money. Um, yeah. Let's see here. Other investors included Focus Labs, Uniswap, eGirl Capital, which should have been a clue right there, and Yunt Capital, Mm -hmm. fractionalizing nfts involves creating fungible tokens tied to an underlying digital asset say board ape or a crypto punk or whatever it is the nft is then locked in a vault and the fractional tokens traded on secondary marketplaces so yeah you're two three times removed at this point it's it's yeah at a certain point it's like what are we doing here Um, (laughs) Being ripped off in new and exciting ways.
0: (laughs) exactly.
2: And then in this same article, they mentioned Blur, which is a a peer-to-peer network. Uh, I I, I still don't understand that one. Like, what the fuck? It's called Blend, which, according to this, it allows traders to put up a percentage of the NFT's price up front and finance the remaining balance. Okay, so you're... You're getting a loan for a no- it all. Just at a certain point, I'm like, we're just it's play money. This is, this is monopoly money. What the fuck are you doing? Especially when you're like, oh, well, we got, you know, I got to have a tenth of this, and I'm going to leverage that against this, and we're going to get a loan for this. What the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a show game. Mm-hmm. And that's, of course, why it makes it to me. Of course, the co founders and four other individuals have been charged for allegedly participating in a securities manipulation scheme, so that's probably why they're shutting down their company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'll <probably>. do it. <laughs> yeah, two U.S. citizens, that's the two users we're talking about, and a South African national <laughs> with manipulating the market for hydro, a virtual asset created by the Hydrogen Technology Corporation. Just ridiculous. They're ridiculous people.
0: It was, it was, the fuck, the fuck are you doing? Yeah,
2: they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. I guess is what they're doing. Yeah, it's just it's. <laughs> Every time we talk about crypto on the show, the less I understand it. Just the more, you <laughs> start to dig in, and I'm like, okay, but then they're doing what? You know, yeah. Just, yeah. Just,
0: I don't, I, people are fucking wild,
2: man. Indeed, they are. Well, people being wild does kind of follow for the main topic of the show today. Something I've been very excited to talk about since we started the show. It is called. Church of the Subgenius. Brian, are you familiar with the Church of the Subgenius? I am,
0: in a couple different abstractions. I know of it in relation to, like, um, the KLF, mm-hmm. Discordianism, okay. a couple other similar things. I mean, it can also be related, related to Situationism, if you want to make a certain argument. But yeah, it's kind of like the early internet's version of fucking with
2: people. So it started in the 70s, or sorry, nineteen eighty. It was started by two people in Dallas, guys named Doug and Steve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they said, you know, we're going to create this from scratch. So they named themselves Reverend Ivan Stang and Dr. Philo Drummond. They created the Church of the Subgenius about the great J.R. Bob Dobbs and to spread his gospel of slack. In the subgenius dogma... J.R. Bob Dobbs is a clip art character from a bell telephone from an old, from an yeah. old bell telephone. Uh, I, I, I mostly there.
0: recognize that from like
2: weed pun posters you could <laughs> buy at F.Y.E. in yeah. 2002. So according to that dogma, Bob was a drilling equipment salesman who saw a vision of the god Jehovah One. So that's J.V. <laughs> J.V. HV one or jhvh1 on a tv set he had built the the vision of course inspired him to write his own scriptures and found the church the theology holding that bob is the greatest salesman who ever lived and cheated death a number of times (laughs) he's revered for his great follies and believed to be a savior of slack so slack a quality promoted by the church its teaching center on acquiring slack and living a comfortable life through hard work and responsibility, uh, sex, and avoidance of work. Those are the two big uh, main tenets of achieving slack. I'm,
0: in- I'm interested in these things. Uh, is there a <laughs> newsletter I can subscribe to? Yes,
2: probably. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. But yes, uh, slack is the, uh, according to Davidov, the ability to effortlessly achieve your goals. Many people have described it as a magical system. True slack is by definition indefinable. It is a kind of direct perception, unfettered by common sense. It is not mere laziness. It is rather a kind of active sloth. Slack, in its pure form, makes happiness seem like agony by comparison. Next to Slack, the nirvana known to mystics and saints is like endless torment. Slack is different from each person. One might call it something for nothing. But the normals, the mediocritans, the somnambulacs, and pseudo subslans lands have tried to make it something which we have been led to believe we must work to buy. It is this yearning for Slack that separates us from the normal. The principle of the thing is that slack is the goal of the Church of Subgenius. You want to achieve slack, much like, I don't know, samsara or, or nirvana or yeah. however you want to. Well, end. you want to
0: escape samsara.
2: Okay, you want to, oh, I'm sorry, I, I have because my Because then you can become on.
0: enlightened to be good in samsara, I suppose, is to be forged to it with chains of gold instead of iron. Thank you for the correction.
2: I, I that was my surface level reading of what my, my understanding of Buddhism is. so. So yes, thank you. Uh, you want to escape samsara and achieve nirvana. That's that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
0: Okay. So, Unless you want to become a uh, bodhisattva and help others find their enlightenment. So what would happen then? Bodhisattva would be like Dan Quinn. Okay. <laughs> Maitreya? Maitreya I, is a angel bodhisattva. Maitreya. Okay. All right. All right. The angel Maitreya uh, Maitreya is also a bodhisattva, <laughs> which I believe is a, supposed to be don't quote me. I'm going off of stuff from of years course, ago. Of course, of course. I think it's like an aspect of the Dalai Lama or okay. some other figurehead in Buddhism. But anyways, yes, uh,
2: go ahead. That's part of just trying to understand a lot of this stuff is because they really did build an entire bit. I mean, there's there's so many pieces of literature out conspiracy theories that are built into the literature which is like that all some of them are true and there's a lot of stuff tied in with hindu beliefs and there's a lot i mean it's a mishmash of a lot of different stuff it sounds like a big early internet kind of thing it was pre-internet like i said it was it sure. was it was in the 80s they established their first website in may of 93 of course some users were on usenet prior to that that was yeah. a big thing there was a lot of zines. Zines were a big way to get out stuff for the church. Let's see, the Subgenius Foundation. Yeah, the Book of Subgenius. That's what it was. That was published by Simon and Schuster. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And Jeez, sold. 30, I guess Simon 000? Schuster was
0: like the Versa books of their time. I, I,
2: I guess. Uh, it sold 30,000 copies uh, in That's its first uh, couple years good. of being in print. So that was kind of nice. Some of its notable members. This one always gets me. The notable members section. This is, of course, according to Wikipedia. Sure. Notable members or associates Ken Kesey of the Electric Cooled Acid Test and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest fame. Nick Offerman. Hmm. Mojo Nixon. <laughs> Mark Mothersbaugh, David Byrne, Robert Crumb, Penn Gillette, Richard Linklater, and of course, Frank Zappa. Yeah, 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 this all makes sense. It's all track. It does make a lot of sense. Now, there was a great article in the Texas Monthly called The Church of the Subgenius Finally Plays It Straight, which is really fantastic. You should read it. I will put it in the show description for you to read it in its entirety. But a few key pieces here. To be clear, all of this was something between a con job and an inside joke. The Church of the Subgenius published five books. One of them, the Book of the Subgenius, has remained in print for decades. People who wanted to play along with the gag launched radio shows in the 1980s, including the Puzzling Evidence Show in Berkeley, California, which has run for more than 30 years, and their own websites in the 1990s let's see here filmmaker sandy k boone uh, whose late husband david Boone was one of the first people to sign up when the mailing list announced october of 2017 that they had created a kickstarter to do a project about it and it was called slacking towards bethlehem it would be a (laughs) documentary (laughs) that would tell the true and unabridged story Let's see here. Boone, who collaborated with Lewis Black on the documentaries, Jonathan Den presents Made in Texas, and R- Richard Linkletter, Dream is Destiny, uh, talked about all this stuff there in that Texas Monthly article. Really worth the read again. 1,258 backers pledged $206,000 to bring that project to life. The last update was in 2020. And it says the subgenius doc was picked up for distribution, so I will have to go hunt that down now because apparently it was released to a, a much wider audience than we may have expected for something like this. So that's that's something I was not aware of until just just now. Uh, I didn't click through the Kickstarter link because like, oh, it's gonna be dead. There's not gonna be any links or whatever. But uh, shockingly, there was an update three years ago. I mean, I'm just more
0: impressed they had a successful Kickstarter.
2: Well, you know, you'd be surprised. You know, I mean, it, it, at this point in 2020 and or 2017, it had been around for 37 years. A lot of people had been picked up on it, you know, right. from, from bits and pieces around the web. And they originally were really parodying Reaganomics stuff. You know, they're yeah. they're kind of taking the bite out of like some of this trickle down stuff. It trades in a lot of like unreality. There's these these. We've attracted so many weirdos, village townspeople, a tiny smattering of celebrities, and a lot of artists who I guess were looking for a skeleton to hang some of their meat on. Most of them had nine to five jobs, but were really creative artists at heart. There's three radio shows in three different towns, published zines, five books. And then when the internet came along, it kind of exploded in a whole different way. So not only has it attracted artists, but also some actual crazy people. People who see a clip from the Onion on the internet and think it's real news think that the, the Subgenius is a real religion. So <laughs> he's uh, he's not wrong. There's a lot to like dig into as far as like what it actually is. You know, it started out as kind of a parody of Scientology, a little bit of parody of Christianity. There's some weird stuff about, for Hinduism and Buddhism kind of buried in there. The Subgenius, you may recognize it if you're. Still not sure what I'm talking about. It's the the '50s gentleman with the giant pipe, and he's got his giant grin on his face, and you see it everywhere. And it would say like "Church of the Subgenius," or it would say "It's like, five
0: o'clock somewhere."
2: Yes, yes, that was the other you're one. You're yeah. buying if you see him at a uh, Hot
0: Topic or record store.
2: <laughs> yeah, 20 years ago. So the the Church of the Subgenius site. Oh, subgenius.com, still there. (laughs) And you can become an ordained minister in the church for the low, low price of $50. (laughs) And yes, it does say, um, by the way, the documentary J. Bob Dobbs and the Church of the Subgenius is available for streaming on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, YouTube, Voodoo, and Fandango Now. There it is, dobbstown.org. Okay. And it looks like they have more books coming out. It's early web stuff. It's really badly, <laughs> I don't know, really, it's bad. It looks like shit. But this was what early websites looked like, kind of like when we did TimeCube. It just looks it's, it, janky.
0: It's like JFK. JFK's head just did
2: that. <laughs> it just does that. Links to artful websites, which, of course, they had things like three, early 3D uh, demos. They went on tour with GWAR, so they had photos of, of them with GWAR. so uh, they have a great compilation of video dingleberries these were ones that they created as commercials for MTV in 1990 MTV gave one of the reverends a low budget filmmaker by trade a little money to make a subgenius commercial
0: what the hell Think you're doing? Dragging your butt through the day, selling body and soul to a bunch of bland normals? Acting stupid so they'll think you're one of them? Tired of getting all of the guilt but none of the sex? There is a simple answer, dear friend. A glowing beacon of slack amidst the turmoil
2: and darkness. It's J.R. Bob Dobbs, the living slack master in his Church of the Sub if you go on this website, it's so much stuff to go through. I highly recommend you do this, do so. It's subgenius.com. But if you go back to the eyeballs index, which is the eye of Bob, there's the art mines, which is just images and clip art. And, and you could go really deep on this stuff. But it's just a weird repository of stuff. I was thinking about how like it was kind of the antithesis to something like rotten.com. com. Yeah. Cause Rotten.com did have some gross stuff. It was kind of anti-social. There was a bit of a an edge to it, but I always felt like Subgenius, especially in the '90s when I discovered it, was a little bit more cheeky, a little bit more wholesome. It had yeah, this kind of a little of, bit more playful. Yeah, it wasn't return stuff. It wasn't guys like yeah. Weren't women more subservient in the '50s? Ha ha ha. By the way, the Jews are bad. You know, they weren't doing that thing and so that was refreshing but <laughs> this entire byzantine thing you kind of lose yourself in and i think that's what appealed to me as far as the the site went clicking through this now i'm like oh yeah okay i was 16 you know in the computer lab at my high school downloading these images one at a time and they're all like weird shit like yeah this is like very 90s very early web one link one photo and it was just here's a bunch of stuff here's how to make a, an ascii 3d image like you, the amount of creativity on display is interesting but it's also a little maddening because it again it looks like shit <laughs> the uh, they had their own font repository they had you know some it's so hard to even begin to dig into what the experience of seeing this site again is. It feels like our archeological dig. It is. It's very overwhelming. There's just, there's so much happening on it. Not all of it is going to make like literal sense. <laughs> so it's kind of Lynchian in that way where it's just kind of like, this is a thing that is happening. You know, people love it. I still am fascinated by the whole thing. Brian, you doing okay over there, buddy?
0: Um, I did a sleep study. at oh, no. site So, so it, because I probably have sleep apnea. It's oh, geez. Hereditary. Post-COVID, if I'm lucky, I get like six hours of sleep. So I did a sleep study, and they put a thing on me. And I mean, I had to put it on myself, and you know, I had to put like a little clip on my finger for oxygen. Oh, I have a little geez. shit that goes up with my nose. Uh, Ugh, yeah, the thing that goes sleep up with my that chest. thing on. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, i paid five hundred dollars with health insurance. By the way, to yeah. just have a utterly miserable night of sleep because, like, actual time, like I look down because I got sleep apnea, so I, I wake myself up. Yeah, and like I look down at the little fucking thing on my chest that's supposed to be measuring like the, the my breathing and all that, and it's like the little led is blinking that it's like oh it's not registering correctly so then i gotta sit there and Ugh. like, and I, and i'm more of a, like a side sleeper but like, you can't really yeah. sleep on your side with, with this shit on, thing yeah. and it was early piss um yeah. but like hopefully i can then go uh get a cpap machine and and join the brotherhood of of, <laughs> of fat guys that sleep good
2: hopefully hopefully so i'm i'm sorry like i'm no, it's okay. This I, is all, I'm sorry. I am was
0: concerned. I, I was like, I was, are you all right? Just fucking, I'm just struggling. Like, People are like asking me stuff at work, and I was like, I oh, no, don't know. Just don't put your eye out.
2: <laughs> well, the last bit of, of info I wanted to give you is that church members are still meeting up. There is actually something called X Day coming up this year in Sarasota, Florida. Oh, Uh, Sorry, near Sarasota, (laughs) Florida, excuse me. Near uh, Sarasota,
0: near Sarasota, Florida. It
2: says, X-Day is back with more vengeance than ever. COVID wrecked our annual church slack in and camp out in 2021, or in 2020, and our great 2021 venue had to move across Florida. But this year we resume with 2023 X-Day vision, and you don't need x-ray glasses. So that is going to be June 30th through the July the 5th in miyaka city california apparently near sarasota slash tampa at a 10 acre resort property riverside forested camping a large indoor stage slash studio and many motels clothing optional by the way brian
0: <laughs> <laughs> i was just like everything you told me is like oh it's gonna smell weird like everything you're saying like oh that's gonna it's gonna smell like a wet towel that's been left out in the sun and right it's got- just the body oils are stuck in
2: it. So if you just want to go to the event, 45 bucks. Uh-huh. But the real deal. We want to see some bush. <laughs> no, the real, the real deal is to become a church member and go to the event. That's $90. That's still not bad. Not man. bad. They've been doing events, of course, all off and on. But, yes, it says X Day is coming. Beware the pinks. So if you want to do that on subgenius.com, in the news page, there is a link to the official X Day private group on Facebook, still active. So Church of the Subgenius still out there doing it. Man, the fact that it's still going on from you know from 1980 is something to behold. Especially you know because a lot of the stuff that we talk about in the show, internet cultures will move on. Yeah, you know, like these guys will be like, oh, it's fine, and you know, even something awful, you know, their, their yeah. user base is far, way down. It used to be. Twitter's imploding. Like these things that were early web, you'd call them relics now, but like at the time, it was like, wow, this is so kind of weird and like, this is what the early web's all about. Most of them are ghost towns. Most of them, the site's no longer active or yeah. whatever. But the fact that subgenius is still going on this much uh, later is, is fascinating to me. I'm very excited. I kind of want to get my church membership <laughs> and yeah. become an ordained uh, subgenius minister, even though I don't know exactly what all that <laughs> entails.
0: Uh, you can't mix cheese and meat,
2: oh, that's fine, mm. oh shit, Now that means no pizza uh yeah, no uh. no
0: cheeseburgers,
2: oh, you know what I'm out all right that's <laughs> yeah it. <laughs> that's it that's a, it's a hard line for it's a hard me.
0: line, yeah, no polyester. I don't care about that that's and, uh it.
2: women have to wear wigs. Wait a minute now, now are we counting the movie polyester the <laughs> the John waters play? the the no, fabric- just the fabric okay well then never mind. So yeah, that that that's kind of the big overview of the Church of the Subgenius. Again, it would take two or three different episodes to get into all the different intricacies of all the ins and outs of the 30 years of the of the church itself being online. But it's time, Brian, it's time. As we always do. It's time for gross shit. It's shock.jpeg baby. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. shock.jpg. Time for a little bit of that uh, pee-pee and that poo-poo. Oh, today is a fun one. It is a return of pee-pee poo-poo, but in a shocking twist, it is not human pee-pee poo-poo. Oh! Oh! oh. You see? I'm doing it. I'm doing it. that was it dog shit? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> is it really? <laughs> this is SpriteCranberry.net, Brian. <laughs> I, I take it you're familiar with what's... No, uh, I just...
0: I remember... I remember I always appreciate, like, hey, remember that SOA that was only around for, like, (laughs) one or two years? Someone someone got the URL for it, and now you can see... You can watch someone throw a frog into a blender for real.
2: Yeah. So, SpriteCranberry.net was a uh, shock site that instantly sent you to a YouTube video at a specific time. Okay? Yeah. A unknown user registered it back in 2019... And it referred directly to (laughs) a video entitled How to Express Your Dog's Anal Glands at Home Veterinarian Recommended Way and then in parentheses graphic. Because the video is educational, YouTube has allowed it to stay online. So you can watch this video right now. (laughs) And here, there's, it's, uh, yeah, there's a guy with it sticking his finger in the dog's asshole and some gross brown liquid and what looks like worms. So <laughs> yeah, You're
0: wearing gloves, bro. Just throw away the gloves. I know.
2: <laughs> Getting in there. Yeah.
0: Poor he's like... dog. This dog looks I know. so...
2: The first bit is he's squeezing from the outside. He says, that's the external method. And then he's, he's going for the internal method. He deftly uh, sticks a finger in there. Oh, it's like he's lost a car key. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of does the hook with the one finger. Uh, Yeah, not great. That's the original SpriteCranberry.net. Now, it actually went through a few iterations. So there was that one. Then it went to a music video called Shoddy Wanna Fuck. Shoddy. In 2020, anything on the site was replaced with spritecranberry.net. Was an online social experiment created by James Woods Regional High School. <laughs> the study is now complete, and results will be recorded. Thusly, thank you for your time. You can find the study at spriteharder.com. Of course, spriteharder.com redirected you to someone a video, a YouTube video of someone peeling off a dead toenail. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> it was then redirected to someone getting a botched hair transplant, which of course the scalp bleeding and all that. Uh let's see here. It was then changed to an image of a cantaloupe, along with text stating that Spritecranberry.net is a dead meme, who cares anymore. The site also stated that quote, if you're looking to prank your friend in the middle school cafeteria with a funny video of a dog's anal glands or something, go home. And then a month after that, the site was deleted. So, yeah, 2020 was the last we saw. Amazing. uh, (laughs) dot (laughs) SpriteCranberry.net. I loved loved SpriteCranberry, but I don't know that You know,
0: I did too. Yeah, it was a good one.
2: I I wish they had a diet. That was my only problem with it. I only drink diet soda now.
0: Oh, you can't drink the
2: the fructose? Every time I go back to regular soda. I have like half of it and I feel sick to my stomach cuz I'm so used to the the fake sugar that the real sugar just makes me feel like I'm going to shit myself. I mean,
0: it's not even real sugar. It's high
2: fructose. That's that's true, but like just just going back to whatever it is, you know, real sugar or whatever, makes me feel ill. That's fucked up, bro.
0: Yeah, it's just it's fucked I, up. I, well, well, have you done your
2: body. Yeah. Like a Cronenberg thing I <laughs> I could no longer process. I can no longer
0: process <laughs> high fructose corn syrup. Yeah.
2: yeah, beer aspartame fine. You know, but but high fructose corn syrup. Long yeah. live the new stevia. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's not wrong. Yeah, that's that's pretty much where I'm at. So, Brian, after seeing a dog get its anal glands expressed, how are you feeling about uh, about your week? It's weird because
0: there was a music video. About okay. ten or so years ago, I want to say it was like someone really hip, like Baths or something. Okay, where the music video was like, like a like a Korean woman like grooming a dog, and the <laughs> okay. anal glands was like the the like the big like drop. Okay, like when the fucking breakdown came <laughs> in, it was like anal glands. Yeah. yeah, I I want to say it was someone like Baths. Okay, yeah, okay, um, that. Seems right. That's that kind and of. I think fits, she also yeah. like might have gotten like topless. Or, it was like one of those things where like this is really horny in a way that like I was not. Is very yeah. Just, <laughs> I need an adult. <laughs> I need. I'm like calling the librarian over. At the, <laughs> is you this seeing cr- this? <laughs> you seeing this? Is this? So is this like? Is it weird to get hard? <laughs> is this, is this art it weird? Or that what? I'm getting getting stiffed up. <laughs> what about you? Like calling kids over? Like hey, is this weird? Are you seeing what I'm seeing?
2: Is it is that her titties out there? Is that her titties? <laughs> They're sitting pretty. So, uh, breathment time, Brian. Breath I think mint. it's about that time. Um, what you've been What you been snacking on, uh, entertainment wise? Oh well, you know we went to th- the clutch. Show. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting to hear about this after the rapturous response. <laughs> our uh, extended I, clutch riff got. So I, I was yeah. I
0: was talking with my girlfriend this morning about the episode that has since gone live and i was like she, you know she said, oh, the episode was really funny i'm like oh did you think the clutch thing was interesting he's like yeah it was a little fucked up to how you kind of just nailed it yeah like <laughs> no look we know stuff like, we've been around uh, we get out to the factory which is like in the middle of fucking nowhere yeah In chesterfield valley which is like the white flight of the white flight
2: yeah yeah there's there's no place wider yeah oh,
0: gosh i don't know all the white people are moving out of town and country because all like the rich Indian dudes all the rich Indian tech and like <laughs> right yeah, dudes yeah, all the tech t- guys are coming anyways the St Louis racism is just really weird.
2: it's a very it's oh a very other
0: up- overly mobile people are moving into my neighborhood that don't look like me <laughs> it's, out of that, here. it's not it's yeah. like it's not like it's not like uh something we're like, wow, they're real trashy, it's like they're driving beamers just like you bro, like exactly, anyways, we drive out there and like we park, and there's this like three people that probably still have like their credit ding from like blockbuster late fees, like <laughs> coming out of, like a Chrysler LeBaron. Oh. And then across the aisle from them in the parking lot is like, like a guy who is a little bit too well put together. Like so, so he's
2: cr- their DD is what you're saying? No, no,
0: no, no. I'm in a different, I'm a different car. Like he's also okay. parking and he has like, one of the ridiculously expensive, like, uh, Tesla SUVs, like, oh, the God. real expensive version. Yeah. And so it's just, like, these three, like, troglodytes. Be like, dude, this car's so fucking cool. And they're, like, freaking out over, like, the Gulf wing doors and shit. My girlfriend's just like, Where the f- what the fuck is this? And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the Midwest, baby. Like,
2: <laughs> Be prepared. Yeah, yeah. And, like,
0: we're getting the line, and, like, she's just like. <laughs> like these, these fucking people and i'm like yeah this is this is a rock show in, in the midwest and yeah. you know and like she's like probably like the only like not white person right there and yeah. uh, like whatever but we got there early we got up front to the st- for the stage and like uh the first band i can't remember who they were but it's my least favorite kind of music to see live which is like a group of really talented people playing very expensive equipment Pouring their heart out into music, that to talk over it is polite. Ooh, where you're just like, yeah, this is like this guy could really sing. Everyone in the band was like fucking like studio musician grade, but like the music they were playing is like if you like played it as a party, people would tell you to turn it down.
2: Oh, it eminently was eminently forgettable. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah, um, but like the one thing that kind of killed me is that the bass player had a uh, lap steel. Okay. sat up in front of him and he played it on two songs and the first song he uh and mind you like the factory is like this really big venue where they apparently I had heard from so many, from so many people they like, spared no expense on the build out and sure, everything. Sure. And it, it does sound really fucking good but I guess they didn't do like a a line check on the lap steel mm. so this lap steel I, I'm guessing is supposed to be like the crescendo of the song It has all this pathos and it's real weighty. and uh so the bass player you know, rolls the volume off on his bass, and he comes up to the lap seal. He gets his bar in his hand and, you know, and I think this was supposed to sound like really beautiful and haunting. Yeah. But like it didn't come through the PA right. Or maybe he forgot to like hit a boost pedal. Maybe, you know, like to get the fucking gain. Right. And I think this was supposed to be very like angelic. Yeah. And yeah. Weighty. And it just sounded like a fucking ghost with a slide whistle. <laughs> 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 and, Ooh. And uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the last time I saw a, a, a musician whiff that hard was back in the Firebird days where, like, this bad, like, screamo band playing. They all, you know, Firebird's a 400-cap venue, and they've all got, like, fucking wireless rigs and shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I remember this dude putting his foot up on the fucking monitor, the fucking solo... And I mean like, you know, and he kinda like runs his hand up to the to the nut on his and comes back down to like wherever the first note of the solo is, you know, that you know, the fucking like I'm fucking yeah. gonna riff, bro. Here we go. And the fucking wireless cuts out. No. <laughs> and I mean oh. I mean oh. I felt like it was my birthday. Yeah. I'm like sitting there watching this, like I'm taking <laughs> photos of this band. It's not like he just put his foot up on the monitor. And like did the thing and like, yeah, I'm just going, you know, get into the fucking solo, bro. It was like a like a 30 second buildup of like, yeah, my time's coming. I could see it in his face. My, it's like, I'm the, ready. Yeah, the here best we go. Thing I've ever written. Yeah. And, he put, and it just goes and it's just like.
2: No. Alex <laughs> <laughs> like fucking whips. Painful. Ass. Oh, my God. Yeah. um I've this, been there. I've had those.
0: And then like the next song, he goes back up to lap steel. and It sounds great. And It works. It like it's just like he walked up and it's just like oh the hardest whiff. I would only tell the story if it wasn't that he was a shitty musician. No, yeah, that, that's the. Just, I think like, the
2: funniest part about it is like yeah he's skilled, but yeah, like, like
0: this dude was good, but it <laughs> just like just immediately came up and it was just like. <laughs> I'm like I'm like also like good thing I'm wearing a mask because he uh, probably was saw the look on my face and just yeah. like oh it's happening. <laughs> Someone else's bad luck. Um, but then uh, amigo the devil, which is who my girlfriend really wanted to see came out and he performed a really, really fantastic set, just really great banter. And I wish he was headlining kind of, yeah, yeah. That of seems like, like, Oh, there's something special going on here. The energy that he has as a performer, the energy that the band collectively has is really interesting. Yeah. It was a fucking great set. Uh, really enjoyed it. And then, you know, he gets it off stage and we walk off from the barricade and like, i'm fucking tired shit i know she's tired i'm like do you really care to see if clutch is <laughs> at all good because like i have friends were telling me like oh actually clutch is really good live like yeah you know, i don't really like them by some like with helmet and they killed it and i'm i don't care yeah i don't care and it's funny is like i'm talking to other industry people like this is a band that used to play pops with like a alice in oh. chains cover band yeah, opening yeah. Up for him so like I don't need this.
2: They got their money. It doesn't matter to them. They got their money. Like, whatever.
0: Like, it's fine. Like, the crowd was really stoked. And it was, like, well-attended. You know, like, whatever. The staff at the factory, is. my first time there. Like, seemed like they were on their shit, which is so fucking important on a big nice. venue. Because yes. you got a bunch of guys. They're acting like fucking rent-a-cops. Like, Eesh. the pageant used to have oh, yeah, some yeah. of their B&D yep. uh, hired security guys, which we call in St. Louis, big and dumb. Yep. Even the guy that has a fucking uh, Super Bowl ring. Yeah, yeah. Like, those guys, used, like, as a music journalist, used to make photographing at the pageant not fun.
2: Then he used to make a lot of things not fun. When I worked at Riverport, which was the big outdoor, you know, they call it a shed because mm-hmm. it's a big, you know, it's got a big overhang and all that. The big shed in our town, is it used to be called Riverport, and then it changed names three or four different times. It's called something else I now. I think it's
0: called Hollywood. Hollywood, there you go. Yeah, uh, shit. So, Pussy wagon.
2: Thank you. When I when I was working there, uh, B and D was the bane of my existence because yeah. you know I was working the food service part. So what I was doing is like bringing out uh, kegs of beer and rolling that shit up the hill and getting every, you know, all the different beer stands that are all around the place. Yeah, swapping out kegs and doing this and that. back breaking fucking labor. <laughs> especially if you're doing like a festival show. Yeah. If you're doing like Ozfest, you're there for 13 hours. Like you're there an hour, you're there 2 hours before the first band starts and you're there for 2 3 hours after Mary Kegs and counting down and all. So, you know, but fucking B&D, those guys again, they're standing around waiting for something to go down. There's not a lot of stuff for them to do. And so most of the time I was like Get out of my way. Like they yeah. these guys are just like in the in the so I I've, I've I've had many an experience with B&D and yes, big and dumb for sure. That's probably yeah. the nicest thing we called them. <laughs>
0: yeah, um I, I every industry person in St. Louis probably has a bad story about B&D. At least one, yeah, yeah. for sure. But anyway, so there was that we did go to another show Sunday night we went out to Off-Broadway to see a little show put on by Taylor, a.k.a. Midwest Metal Punks. She's doing a fucking bang-up job fucking yeah. booking shows here in St. Louis. I wish she was booking shows t- here 10 years ago when there was much more of a music scene, but she's like fucking busting her ass, bringing lots of like hardcore, lots of heavy stuff, but also booking nice. like weird stuff like this show, which was uh, Cyberplasm, which is like electropunk from Olympia. Okay. Um, ex Harlow who were from New York city. Um, and locals Dower and the mall, Oh, the mall, the mall. Yeah. Oh, um, the show. yeah, super good shows kind of rainy out. Um, but, um, Dower opened up and this is a guy who's a little bit newer to the scene here in St. Louis. And I would describe his set is like industrial jungle. Like it was like very like gothy and movie, but also like the fucking 303 was going. Hell it was yeah. like, uh, all right. You know, I think that was my girlfriend's favorite thing of the night, but uh, that was super cool. Um, then it was uh, X Harlow from NYC, which was like very like electro clash. Oh, okay, yeah. It felt like something that would have been really f- would have been played at Urban Outfitters in like 2009, which is mm-hmm. not an insult.
2: No, th- there was some, there were some jams in that. In yeah. that group. yeah, it was kind of
0: like Crystal Z, but it was like fucking fun. I really enjoyed it cyberplasm from olympia kind of just blew my mind a little bit like just like heavy fucking vibes like i was listening to their record before the show and i'm like i don't know this is really my thing i'm sure this is gonna be fine live but i don't know if i would like listen to this while like trying to like have a nice evening gave a little faith to it and uh <laughs> they came out and they blew my fucking mind like three people look like they are from three different types of scenes that were into <laughs> like wax tracks records Hell in the late yeah. 80s putting on like just a very heavy like industrial kind of set i'm really bad at describing like electronic music i just know like it was all good shit and then the mall closed out and the mall gave just an incredibly tight performance and it wasn't like the hugest crowds. It's a sunday night right the weather was bad people were fucking throwing down man they were stoked to be there um just good vibes and what kind of struck me was like oh man i remember like going to every show in st louis kind of felt like this for a while you're like oh yes. this is fucking sick like everyone's having a good time like no one's being shitty and like this is you kind of get divided the there when there feels like they're a part of something like a little neat and special like not like a cool yeah. kids thing but like oh this is a really fun unique night of live music that we all got to attend and be a part of you know sometimes i don't really feel when i go out i haven't really felt too much going out like particularly now that i've started shooting again with my long covid shit and just like where my life is right now it's really hard for me doing like shooting and write-ups and like keeping up with everything but if you want to see photos from that i do have them up on my instagram i shot DeBord, the last thing is uh i've been reintroducing my girlfriend to like horror movies i haven't Watched it in a long time, and uh, we were kind of fucking around on Amazon Prime, and I'm like, "Have you seen The Wailing?" Ooh, I still have not seen it. Oh, you're fucking up, dude. You're I fucking know, a bad. T- I know. Fucking throw you in jail. <sighs> this is about a rural village in uh, South Korea where mysterious things are happening. People are blaming it on a Japanese man mm. who seems to be like a kind of a cult Buddhist. It's supernatural. It's got like zombie shit in it. It really keeps you guessing about what's actually going on. The supernatural shit for real is, you know, there's one point like a a shaman gets invited because the protagonist, his daughter, gets afflicted by this evil spirit or whatever that's going around. And the shaman is like, is this guy for real? Is it really, you know, as a viewer... You don't really understand—is it's like is magic real in this mm, the mm. cinema scape, you know, or uh, evil forces are just this people being weird and shitty? Is there I maybe mean, there's a gas leak in this town, kind of thing? <laughs> right. And what I also like about it is that the protagonist
2: is kind of a fucking dumbass. It's always good to see yourself on screen, isn't it?
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, you know, I had to go there. Come yeah. on, you walked right into um,
0: that. One. He's not really fucking smart. But that lends to your confusion about what's really going on. Okay. But everyone wants to blame it on the fucking Japanese man. and Okay. Because, well, I mean, you think about what Imperial uh, Japan did to all of its colonies and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, in the last, like, you know, 100 years ago, like, right. yeah, I guess. Uh, but, like, it plays on that kind of fear, that racism. And also plays on people that are overly religious like, dupes and... And it goes some really fucking wild ass places. I remember watching it when it first hit streaming and it blew my fucking mind. I don't think there's really any movie out there like it huh. that is so darkly humorous, but also unsettling. Again, it just really keeps you on your fucking toes from getting the end. Girlfriend loved it. I loved watching it a second time. It is I, I would say probably out of all the horror films, like a top five recommend Damn, for me. All right.
2: I know that your and my tastes often convene on those types of things. So I'm putting it on on Amazon
0: prime right now. Go watch it. You little piggy, (laughs) put the kids to bed,
2: crack open a Miller (laughs) light. You know, I'm gonna, that does seem like a good time. I have been enjoying. We finished poker face, which was fine. I still contend that episode nine could have been the end of the series. It has a, has a, a really just a nice ending. And, uh, It could have just been, leave it there. And then if you want to come back to it in a future season, you can. But they did another one, and it was kind of superfluous. And I'm kind of like, why? Why did you do this? Uh, Royalties. Yeah. So after that, we were looking for a show. And then I remembered, oh, Zach Galifianakis and Louis Anderson did a show called Baskets. Oh shit, yeah. And it is Zach Galifianakis. Stop I know playing with my
0: nutsack. <laughs> What's going on here? I What's know. going on in this nutsack? <laughs> but Zach Stop playing with my nutsack, Zach Alphonacus. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so wet? <laughs> Because I have perspiration problems.
2: He's been trying to get himself taken seriously as a dramatic actor, and I think that baskets was probably his Louis his... Anderson or Zach Galifianakis. Both. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I and... love I love Louis Anderson's Zach Galifianakis. I can yeah. take it or leave it. Louis Anderson, who plays Zach Galifianakis' character, Chip, plays Chip's mother, Christine. He plays this old kind of fussy woman so perfectly and i had to go look like how did you know where where did all this come from and you know before he died he did a series of interviews he's like yeah christine baskets is based on my mom oh yeah yeah and so like oh okay he goes yeah i got put in the hair and makeup and i go that's my mom he's looking at the mirror pointing at himself going that's 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 my mom and so it was very sweet you know there's a it's it's about a guy who goes to Clown College in France, but he doesn't speak French, and so of course he drops out of Clown College. He comes back to to home, which is Bakersfield, California, which is a very let's say a suburb kind of town. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, there's not really much going on. They they make a lot of riffs in the show about Costco. That like Costco is the biggest thing going. <laughs> the one character he meets when he first gets back into town is is this woman who's an insurance adjuster for Costco Insurance. <laughs> Which apparently is how he insured his little Vespa that he brought back from France. So he wrecks his Vespa. And he has to have this woman take him around places. And he starts to develop this sort of bitter, weird friendship with her. But also dealing with his mom, his twin brother Dale. Which is great because you get to see Zach playing two different characters in the same show. It's grim and funny and weird. And it's just... Every time you think you understand where the show's going, it kind of takes you somewhere else and then, boy, by the end of that first season, you really st- at first you're laughing at chip like it's it's definitely yeah. like oh, he's this sad sack he can't get his shit together but then by the by the end of that first season, which we're almost we've almost finished that, and boy it we're- we're nearing on the end. And, it's no longer we're laughing at chip. it's we're laughing at the shit happening around him and we're just like, chip, this is just fucking pathetic. I'm so I feel so bad for this guy. And that I think is it really shows you what a performer all of them are, especially sure. Zach. that's like,
0: pretty much everything I've ever heard about that show. Yeah, like, the same sentiment.
2: <laughs> it really is a masterful a bit of like bait and switch like oh okay, we're gonna spend a whole season laughing at this guy and then eventually it kind of pulls you in. And boy, it's really well done. I really like that lot. Yeah. Um, so, uh, some of the running gags are just so perfect. Everything's Costco. That's that's the one. So <laughs> you're you're watching him, he, he so when he comes back to Bakersfield, he's trying to be a professional clown, but the only clown opening is in the the rodeo. And so <laughs> he winds up doing this really fancy, like super uh, artistic French clown shit for the rodeo, but no one gets it. And they only laugh when he gets hit by the bull, and so, <laughs> But in the background of every shot at this rodeo, there's like a Kirkland signature logo, which is the Costco house brand. Yeah. <laughs> Endless riffs on Costco, and like sounds like that's all there is going in this town, and you get this like really grim feeling.
0: My sister's uh,
2: ex husband, he
0: went to college at Rolla, which mm-hmm. is a small, oh yeah, very college, small town, college here town here in yeah. uh, Missouri. He graduated in the mid 90s and he was like telling me like, yeah, you know, I have friends went to Rolla and they kind of, you know, they went like 10 years after him, but like kind of corroborated like, yeah, some of these stories are true. Like there's only like two college bars. One was called a grotto and the men's bathroom has like a toilet in a really upsetting and awkward position, like all bad towny bars that college kids go to in small hick towns. But he was like, "Yeah, there really wasn't anything going on there until like a Walmart opened up." Yes. And it was just like and the Walmart opened up, and I was like, "Culture, yeah, for Rala. Oh, yeah And I'm like, "Damn, that's like Rahl is one of those places where your friends come back for like Christmas break and stuff, and they'll tell you stories about playing like Edward Forty Hands and like <laughs> someone passing out in the hedge bush." And
2: right, the college town I went to was very similar. Yeah, Edwardsville, Illinois. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there, there, there wasn't much going on there, but the walmart like yeah. literally that's very very you hear stories about true. like people going like kirksville
0: or something like that and it's like hanging out at the mcdonald's <laughs> oh, sorry.
2: oh yeah yeah uh our, our super fan ken who who went to college at the same college as me can can definitely vouch for a lot of these stories but he and i he and i would just like hey um i'm bored you want to go to drive to blockbuster <laughs> and this was you know 2002 yeah <laughs> when i oh. shit going on you know i mean like
0: yeah. st louis was much better my brother could tell me stories about like in the 90s there would be like if there wasn't like a rave going on downtown on like a friday night the best thing you could do is just spend, like, an hour picking up everyone and then just go and drink coffee at
2: Denny's. Oh, or go to go to the Coffee Cartel in uh, the Central West End. You know, which it's is funny. Uh, shee little part of town, you yeah, know. The...
0: When I, when that place closed out, I texted my brother. And I was just like, hey, man, Coffee Cartel closed out in the Central West End.
2: And he's like, what's that? What?
0: Oh, okay. I figured he would. My brother doesn't love St. Louis. I, I imagine he's blocked out a lot of things. I would imagine, yeah. Like, he hasn't been here in over 10 years and he just moved to Hawaii. So I don't think he's, yeah. he's coming back for a while. I can't imagine. I don't think, would. I don't think, I think he put a lot, a lot of distance between us and, <laughs> and or himself in like pork
2: steaks and yeah,
0: the best fans in baseball. and
2: <laughs> Oh man. And so uh, the only other thing that I've really been enjoying sadly, is I've been going back through Michael Moore's uh, filmography, uh, starting with Fahrenheit nine 11. We went through and I watched that bowling for columbine and sicko and fahrenheit 11 9 um, fahrenheit 11 9 is a really tortured piece of it really is filmmaking well because it was it was the most direct sequel to fahrenheit 9 11 obviously just because of the name but also like it's a it's an exegesis almost like he's he's had this realization that like oh yeah Obama sucks Hillary sucks <laughs> yeah you know, like all these supposed liberal saviors are gonna come to save us and no it's all just shit and it almost turns into an Adam Curtis thing in the middle of it yeah yeah and he just he just kind of leans into this kind of like wow th- everything's fucked actually yeah which is an interesting mode to go into as a documentary film
0: yeah I like. remember Fahrenheit Nine Eleven quite specifically because I graduated high school in 2004 there was an election that was an election year Mm -hmm. and my gift from my brother was he flew me out to come hang out with him and his then girlfriend for like a week and you know i'm like this little fucking scared chihuahua fucking goth kid from the midwest with a mom who doesn't let him go uh, fucking bubble boy me. Yeah. Yeah. And so like complete fucking, like, this is world's like, like, you know, I probably lived in the mission, go walk around Dolores park, like walk to the Castro and just like oh, yeah. meeting people. I would not, ha- I would not meet people like that in St. Louis for like decades. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, the Friday that I was there visiting him. It was also beginning gay pride week in San Francisco. That Friday was the premiere of Fahrenheit nine 11 in San Francisco. So we got a taxi, went down to the Metreon, and again liberalism or being like edgy in st louis 20 years ago was like a retired art teacher getting arrested outside the monsanto side yes or, yes. or someone or someone getting trespassing charges during buy nothing day <laughs> right at, at the galleria right at the galleria mall and so like we get out of the taxi immediately there's like some guy and a, in a blue suit with a George Bush mask, you know, like, I'm, I'm a war criminal, and I'm gonna... <laughs> you know, Blood for oil, people! And I'm just like, the fuck? Yeah. You know, like, he's like handing out pamphlets for, like, the IWW or some oh, shit. Oh, yeah. You know, we get in there, and people are throwing around rolls of toilet paper with George Bush's face on it. Yes. And, yes, yes. you know, it's packed. And I mean, like, and it was like one of those things like, every time Condoleezza Rice came on, people
2: were, like, hissing. <laughs> it was oh wow again like <laughs> real rocky horror picture show vibes. it was like yeah. it was
0: really it was probably the most energetic crowd for a documentary i will probably mm-hmm. ever be a part of i like was reading giddy bore and like I, I i had a certain set of interests and knowledge that were very odd for my surroundings you know yeah, when i was yeah. growing up none of the shit i ever read about anything prepared me just for how Different that was. Yeah. It was like fucking neat. And I was like, man, and like and then I go back to St. Louis and St. Louis fucking sucked. (laughs) Sucked so fucking bad. Spent a week in San Francisco and meet all these cool people and like, yeah, you should come out to school here. And it's like those dreams are never gonna come true. But But it sounded good. It was fucking yeah, yeah, it was great. And then then san francisco got incredibly expensive but that was just a such an interesting experience to me just like getting out of the fucking taxi and it's just like oh yeah like everyone's afraid i feel like in the midwest to do anything other than than the line i mean we like oh, yeah. people in st louis thought like you know the fucking LKOs was going to bomb jamestown mall
2: yeah yeah
0: that's a sad sad but true i love that we were all so self-centered that we thought that, that the terrorists were going to pick <laughs> our little fucking podunk part of the Midwest uh, right. firebomb, or yeah. If only we would, I would be flattered if Al Qaeda had bombed you know fucking Crestwood
2: Mall. Or yeah, as long as I wasn't there, yeah, it'd be
0: fine. Oh, I mean, you could have been a martyr. Fair,
2: yeah, because, I mean, and your
0: parents could have put up a scholarship in your name huh? for yeah. Yeah. for other kids who went bald at seventeen. Hey. Yeah. <laughs>
2: The retaliation for the dumbass joke <laughs> yeah, from earlier? I don't know if you started going bald at 17. I don't know that I did, but I certainly <laughs> I'm did certainly you, feeling ever, like maybe I did. Did, I you, know. did you ever
0: start going bald at like 16 in high school? I, did,
2: I do know a couple guys that did start going bald really, really early, and, and I, I counted myself lucky that I wasn't among them, but then college started. and, and I'm I,
0: I, I, yeah. I somehow, like, I have beat the odds of my family. I was
2: going to say, like, boy, you, yeah, I, I, I see you every week, and it's just I can't stop staring. I'm can't like, stop staring at these, these greasy blonde, <laughs> these strawberry blonde locks. I just I I feel a jealousy that you will never understand. Uh, <laughs> so before we close it out, yeah.
0: Are you and your wife watching Succession?
2: We are not actually. Oh, um, I thought I, I thought it was implied. I believe in a previous. It was recording. again. I had started it. I keeping up via social media, but I haven't actually like watched anything past like the middle point of season one. Wow, man. So I know. I know. I've been told many times I got to catch up, but it's the
0: final season. It's just fucking absurd. Like, um, the main focus has kind of been like Tom and Shiv's relationship. Mm-hmm. And then the most recent episode, uh, Let America decide uh, one of the, the other siblings kind of comes out as like sheds their artifice their armor and you kind of see what person they really are like it's like this person was kind of always bubbling beneath the surface and then you're just like wow what what a garbage human being you are of of no redemption it's pretty wild. Oh, which one is
2: that? Is that the the guy Alan Ruck plays? No. Oh no. Okay.
0: No, uh, his character is always just kind of a shithead. I was gonna
2: say yeah. <laughs> so from, from like he's the most likable
0: shithead it, out of all yeah. four of the siblings. That's that is or something I picked up early on. Yeah, he's the likable shithead. He's he is yeah. the indeed the likable shithead. Um, but yeah, the, the fourth season is fucking great, and there's just okay. a couple
2: episodes left, and and this is the final season. This, this is the final it. season. Okay. Well, then I guess I got to... You got fucking... I, I mean, in. we
0: caught up. We caught up, like... Pretty fast? Pretty fucking fast. Okay. Like, like when we got on the season four, I think maybe, like, the second or, th- or third or fourth episode had already aired, and we were able to catch up pretty good. And, uh, okay.
2: But, uh, yeah,
0: let's fucking uh, smother this child in the crib. <laughs> let's
2: get it over with. <laughs> let's get it over with, he says. All right. With your perfect hair and your athletic thighs. All right. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm a, I like uh, my
0: squat rack is <laughs> my squat rack is at Calling the beauty parlor. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: so Brian, where can people find you online to uh engage you in all sorts of uh subterfuge and whatnots?
0: Yeah, if you want to send me death threats or <laughs> if you need a b to be found. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. I got a cousin, he's a navy SEAL. And uh-huh. the next time I see him I'm gonna ask him what it was like blowing up the Nord Stream.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> if you were a Navy SEAL and you Stream. when he got when he got married i f- my fortunately my ex fucked around and we didn't end up not going because it was like a destination thing oh shit it was, I would have loved to have gone because it would have been a bunch of fucking fucking guys with fucking roid necks just like sweat looking at the sun telling yeah. all trying to tell me they're the one that canoed bin laden <laughs> i know like we would have gone out shooting and i would show people how easy it is for me to jam an ak-47 cause <laughs> every single cool time like we go out, i go out to the range and someone has an ak it's always like a cheap chinese copy and I, i'm the only, i thought kids are supposed to shoot these oh yeah but my dumb ass my grown ass is is fucking clogged this up somehow able yeah yeah <laughs> anyways but uh if, if you if you want to follow me on the on the social medias it's mm-hmm. uh, ishock ed board i-s-h-o-t-g-u-i-d-b-o-r-d that's on instagram and twitter those are really great places to be Everyone's having fun there. <laughs> yeah, um, nothing but good times. Nothing, right? Everyone's having a great time. Uh, <laughs> just going from one culture war thing to the next. And then if you want to check out my photography, my uh, portfolio is assholemusicphotographer.com. And if you want to check out my music blog website that I got going on. It's a amusicphotographer.com. Indeed. And Jason, if uh, people want to show you photos of their puffy nips, <laughs> where should they send them to?
2: Well, uh, that's you can find me on the web many different places at videocrime, V-I-D-E-O-C-R-I-M-E. That is uh, Twitter and various other places with the exception of TikTok and Instagram. Those are, of course, at Laser Goose CEO you can find the show 48MinutesOfDogsBarking.com Shoot us an email Jason at 48 Barking.com, Brian at 48 So I haven't logged com.
0: in yet If you want to send me uh, Goatsy or the Daniel Pearl video set to Yaki Sacks Please, we're begging at
2: this point Begging! <laughs> <laughs> neck goes up, <laughs> neck goes down <laughs> Indeed And so uh, you can also give us a call That's my favorite way to interact with fans Of course, that's 314-Ahoy-Poo 314-246-9766 I do have that number on my cell phone. So if you're lucky enough to catch me on a certain day of the week, I may actually you know, answer the phone.
0: That's so. amazing. We've been almost doing this podcast for an entire year, and I've mm-hmm. yet to like just hop on that number and just be like, kill yourself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I did, the one time I left myself a message on that number was, so that I wouldn't forget a, a riff that I had. And that <laughs> was amazing. it. Support the show. Patreon.com slash four minutes of dogs. 48 Minutes of Dogs is where you can find us on Twitter and various other places with the show. So you can follow the show and get updates about what we're doing as far as stuff goes. Now, an exciting update that I have to share with you and everyone here in the listening audience is that June is gonna be our month of many guests. I'm calling it the Christmas in June. We have so many guests coming up in June. Put a
0: Christmas tree up in here.
2: Hell yeah. <laughs> I got one downstairs. Let me go bring it up. So <laughs> it's going to be Christmas in June. It's going to be so many guests. We've got folks that uh, that range from uh, famous cartoonists. We've got folks that write for Rolling Stone. We've got, of course, one of our favorite returning guests, Ed Zitron. He's my favorite guy to have on. We've got the episode uh, Making It Up to uh, a friend of the show, Wack Nicholson. So many more that I'm so excited to share with you guys. I cannot it's wait. It's it's, it's going to be so good. <laughs> my, my nipples are rock hard. I'm I'm feeling it. So that about does it for the program. We're going to leave you with a little bit of music, as we always do. This band from Australia called The Chats. Brian, do you know these guys?
0: I do not.
2: Oh, The Chats are so much fun. This song is called The Price of Smokes. <laughs> and we're going to leave. <laughs> yeah, because it's going up. And we're going to leave with that. And as always... Namaste. Good luck. The last refuge of the persecuted smoker. (laughs) (laughs) Bye bye.